believe you're the savior of our soul. We believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brand, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. We believe in the power of the gospel. We believe you can transform every soul. We believe you're the Savior. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. On your darkest day, Jesus prepared you for it. Ask now. You know that worst experience in your life? Ask now. Jesus went before you. Your dad's death, your mother's funeral, your child's death, the worst thing imaginable? Ask now. In times past. When you faced your worst fear and it came to pass, like Job, ask now, was not God faithful? You see, he's always faithful. He's the God of all comfort who comforts us in our distress that we might comfort others. It seems like lately I've been pulled into some very serious and heavy ministries. Many of you saw the prayer request from this week. You know what I'm talking about. So sad. So heavy. So sorrowful for the people of covenant who are willing to look to Jesus Christ. He turns ashes to beauty. So ask now, ask now, did not God bring us through that? Will he not bring us through all those things? Ask now, you personally, ask now and know that he was there before you were there. And when you woke up, he knew it was coming that day. And he knows what's coming tomorrow. So ask now, has he not been faithful? Passion Week is a good week to reflect on God's faithfulness. And not live in fear, but live in faith. And literally pull this scripture and say, ask now. Concerning the days that are past, God has been faithful in all of them. He will always be faithful. And that's Moses' point. In all the uncertainty we face today and for tomorrow, we need to know and never forget that God has always been faithful to the human race by sending his son, Jesus, to redeem us from the curse of sin, as promised in Genesis 3.15, and every promise going forward from there. He has protected the human race from global wars, nuclear weapons, threats of absolute destruction. He has protected us from all those things. Crazy men. Isn't it crazy to think that Joseph Stalin had nuclear weapons? If you know anything about Joseph Stalin, you know it's pretty crazy. The guy actually had buttons. It's kind of crazy to think there's people right now that have a great responsibility and can push nuclear weapons that can obliterate us right now. But ask now, has not God preserved the human race? No one's going to push any buttons until Jesus says it's done. So don't lose any sleep over that. When Jesus says it's done, it's done for you personally and for the human race. 
But ask now, is not God faithful? We're not moved by fear, we're moved by faith. That's the whole point of what God's saying here. That he has been faithful before us to humanity, to his covenants, to the church, to your family, and even in your lifetime that you've lived, in the darkest days, he has been faithful. He's given you the mountaintop experiences, and he's given you the lowest valley, and he has been faithful. And so I remind us tonight, as we move forward as the Church of Jesus Christ in the year of our Lord, 2021, we are the Church of Jesus Christ. We have the gospel message. We have Jesus Christ over us who loves us and walks in our midst. And there is nothing in front of us that he can't face and bring us through because he's the good shepherd. And he wants us to be people of faith. And he wants us to be confident in the future because of who he's been to us in the past. Not just to you and this church and the Calvary movement and the body of Christ, but to humanity. Jesus Christ didn't die on the cross and rise from the grave to leave us short-ended to come short of an optimistic and faith-filled future. 2021 doesn't deter me. COVID doesn't deter me. Global governments don't deter me. Evil men don't deter me. Because Jesus Christ and his word and who he is and his promises as my shepherd encourages me. And the rest is nothing compared to who he is, what he's done, where he's at, what he's promised, and what he's going to do. So ask now, is not God faithful, and we can always trust him. We also see where he brings up today. And of course, remembering his faithfulness gives us strength for today. And, and we look at today. It says here in verse 39, know, therefore know this day and consider it in your heart. Okay, so all that faithfulness, all the things God's promised for them, all the things God had done for them early on in their covenant, he says, know this day and consider it in your heart that the Lord himself is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. There is no other. And then he says, you shall therefore. Okay, so because of today, of knowing today, asking now about the past, knowing today, this day, consider in your hearts, not just your mind, but the heart, the whole total human experience, our very being, the essence of our being, that the Lord is God in heaven and on earth. And there's no other. And you shall therefore keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you today. So God's faithfulness to humanity, to his covenants, to the church, to your family, to your ancestors, to who we are this day and the family experiences that we've had in our journey, God's faithfulness, because of that, we know that we can trust him and that God's always going to do what's good. And what he calls us to do may not be easy. It might be extremely difficult. There are extremely difficult things that we face in our life that God calls us to do. And yet, when it comes to obeying the Lord, there's really two elements to it. There's obeying the obvious in his word. like That's why we teach verse by verse. And that's why we teach all scripture. Because the apostles' doctrine is the expansion and explaining of the Old Testament as it's applied by the Holy Spirit working in our life, being a new creation in Christ, a new woman, a new man. And it's always going to be about obedience. And it's always going to be about just making the right choices. And the more we can line up good choices and the right decisions, the more blessings it brings upon our personal life and the people we love. But he says, know this day and consider in your heart that the Lord himself is God in heaven and uh, above and on earth beneath. Like there's, there's no other. And everything that God does is good. God is good and what he does is good. And what he does is just and right and true and noble. It's perfect justice. It's perfect righteousness. 
is perfect love because that's who God is. God is love and God is just. And everything he does is good. And the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children. That's a passage that's going to come up for us later on in Deuteronomy. But it's today, which I command you today. So it's always about today. This is the day that the Lord has made. Give us this day our daily bread. This is the day of salvation. Today, if you will not harden your heart, is in the wilderness. God's always in the economy of today. And aren't you glad he is? Like, aren't you glad he doesn't say, you know, you really wrecked it yesterday. And so it's just, you have no chance for today. Aren't you glad that his mercies are new every morning? It's always about today with the Lord. We, we just cannot change it's such a humbling reality as you get older, like because your yesterdays become more. When you're 15, your yesterdays are like 15 years of yesterday, right? Well, that's just my sophomore year. I got my junior and senior year in front of me, right? Okay, but when you're 60, yesterday is like yesterday is like the Beatles singing yesterday, right? Like it's a long time ago, like the Beatles. When you're older, yesterday there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in yesterday you'd like to forget or redo, and you can't. You just can't. Only one life soon will pass. Only what's done for Christ will last. It's appointed unto men to die once. That's why there's a, there's a lot of religious systems and philosophies that teach second chances, coming back as a, you know, a different animal or another human being or all these things because people want to believe that. But we can't change our yesterdays. And it's good to be reminded of that because it is about today. God was faithful yesterday and maybe we weren't. But God's economy is today. All the promises are focused on today. And interestingly enough, they're not really extended beyond today, right? Because we know tomorrow's guaranteed to no one. And the Bible gives plenty of warnings about that. So really, we have to be about today. We need to be in today. And having gone through the death of my father-in-law a few months ago, the death of my mother a year ago, my dad almost passing away during COVID and in and out of the hospital and all those things. And managing my father's estate and stuff and the legal responsibilities there and his tax returns and just, just all this different stuff that you don't even think about. And then having his accounts violated by attempted hackers, and then having to go to square one with Social Security and DFIS and the military. You don't even, it's just, this is stuff to put your stomach in knots. But it's what I'm called to do. And watching my wife faithfully manage my mom's trust, which is still going a year plus since she's been gone. And watching my wife for a year manage all these things for my mom when she was gone. And the wisdom of my mom putting my wife in charge of all of her stuff. And it can get so overwhelming. And it's in this last period of taking, this is the last four years of taking care of our elderly parents and having them pass away and all these things. And then helping my sister because that's what my mom asked me to do. And it's literally like a legal document was written up to give us responsibility to take care of my sister and make sure she's set up. So of course I feel responsible for her and get into Florida, getting her established in a new life and all that stuff. And it gets so overwhelming and what I've really simplified my life with is, what's the next thing? I actually learned that from my wife and her phone calls, how she handles them. You went on the phone for two hours, a difficult thing, with insurance people, trying to get the money back because someone passed away, that kind of stuff. 
And you send the document. Well, that's the wrong document. We didn't receive it. So, well, what would you like me to do? What's the next thing? See, we can get all this noise going in our mind and get overwhelmed and we can get anxiety. And the last few months has stretched us tremendously. All the travel I've had back and forth, helping my sister, just trying to be in front of things, be proactive, not reactive. But no matter how much you try to be proactive, there's times in life, no matter what you do, you're reactive. There's just times you're on your heels, as they say. And I just go back to what's the next thing? So what's the next thing today? Because we're going to have the grandbaby's going to be born and we have to watch the grandkids possibly for three days. Wow. Okay. There's a giant blizzard coming, the fourth biggest storm in history in Denver history. Okay. Hopefully it doesn't come early because I'm going home Friday and it's coming Saturday, but you never know with Midwest weather, right? But we got to watch these grandkids. And we want a safe delivery because Wilkie almost died when he was born a year ago. So there's always anxiety over that. And then I'm going to come home and then we got to go back and they're going to move to Florida and we're going to need to drive a couple cars and help them get to Florida. We're going to drive across the country essentially in four days. But then when you get to Florida, it doesn't end, right? Because then you got you to move in. You got to get stuff at Target. You got to have the water turned on, the electricity turned on, all these things. And, you know, my sister moved to Florida just before all this. It, and it's like, what's the next thing? That's my point. What's the next thing? When, when I first started taking care of my dad's stuff, I'd get so, I would have like anxiety attacks. And my mom would say, Joe, just call them, make the call, and then go from there. So God is the God of the next thing. What's the next thing this day God has for you? And is he invited to be over it? Is he Lord of it? And are you obeying his clear will in it? Because the obey is the word of God itself. And that's why it's so important we're in his word every day, growing in the word and taking notes on the word. Because thy word, O Lord, I've hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And... How can a young man or woman cleanse their ways? By taking heed according to your word. So we got to keep the word going in. And the word goes in, Jesus is premier. He's first, because we live and breathe, in him we live and breathe and move and have our being, as Paul said to the Athenians. And we're going to obey his word. And it's going to restrain us from disobeying it. And then there's the sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, like about not just his word, but sort of how his word applies to this area of our life. How we're going to call this person or receive this reproof or do these things. How we're going to apply the word. I had someone say stuff to me this week. I've had quite a few people say stuff to me lately. I don't like to hear. Um, that's just the way it goes sometimes. But someone was very uh, direct on some stuff. And yeah, I didn't like it. But really, I know enough about the Bible to have humility and a teachable spirit. That I just got to get past it. I'm offended how it was delivered. But Lord, the way that it doesn't matter how they said it. And I've often said this, your enemies will tell you what you need to hear. Your friends won't tell you what you need to hear. Believe it or not, your enemies will often tell you what you really need to hear. And I'm not saying someone that's an enemy told me what I need to hear, but I just, didn't like, I just didn't like what they had to say. But it was true. So that's, how am I going to obey the word on that? Okay, well, I'm going to apply humility. I'm going to say, okay, well, what, what can we do here?
But does it feel like that every day? I mean, don't we all feel like we're under construction? Like, don't you feel like sometimes the Holy Spirit's like the contractor or the, the city that comes out to inspect the work? You're like, oh, really? Like, I thought we set the plumbing right and the electrical was exactly what you told us to. It is good. It's better than last time. But you know what? It could be better this way. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He searches us. He searches the deep things of God. There's a warning in this chapter that when you get old and you have children and grandchildren, that you grow old in the land and you act corruptly and you make carved images. So listen, let the Holy Spirit contractor, the city contractor, inspector come in and let him fix it. Because if we don't let him fix it today and obey and receive what he's shown us to do, then we're just, it says we're going to get older and we're going to grow old in the land and act corruptly. Does anyone here want to grow old and act corruptly? No. Yeah, so we need to obey today. We can't change yesterday, but we need to obey today. We need to obey the obvious word, and we need to obey the sensitivity to God's spirit, applying that word in our life and guiding us. Because the spirit's always consistent with the word, because he wrote the word of God. But the, the personal applications. You know, it says that God resists the problem, but gives grace to the humble, right? I know that. So why don't you just receive that reproof and humble yourself? Well, I'm not sure that's the application. No, it actually is the application. Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. I know that. Well, then why are you saying that? Husbands, love your wives like Christ loves the church. So why you? I know that. I've taught it like at least five times in 30 years being a pastor. Then why don't you just live it? Don't just teach it or quote it. Why don't you actually... Like, apply it. Well, I do as a whole. Like, well, why don't you apply it in this situation this way? Today, obey. Today, obey. That's what the Lord has for them. That's what Moses was saying here. Because they're going to go in, but if you're going to receive all these things and you're going to be blessed, but we have to obey. And we have to obey today. Because we can't fix yesterday's disobedience apart from just repenting from it. Of course, it's obvious. We can't go undo it, but we can do the right thing today. We can change attitudes today. We can change habits today. We can change perspectives today and and conduct ourselves with humility and obey today. And that's what God is saying, obey. So I'm not sure what he's saying to you for obey. I got a pretty good idea what he's saying for me to obey. But if the church of Jesus Christ is obedient to his word and spirit-led, we're going to have a greater impact on society we're going to be part of church history that's really good. I don't want to be part of church history that's really bad, right? I mean, there's some stuff in the name of Jesus in the church that is really not that good. We're not in the business of religion. We want to be Acts 29. We want to be the church that has the word of God led by the spirit and impacting the world and going out in our generation. And I feel like we're doing that. I believe we've done that. That's our legacy. But this text especially with Passion Week, says, you know what? We've got Jesus on the cross on Friday. We've got an empty tomb on Sunday. And we've got Palm Sunday tomorrow. We, we come from victory. But that victory comes with discipline, diligence, and obedience to be really fruitful. I spent two days pulling weeds at a house in Florida. You know, weeds grow everywhere, but they seem to thrive in Florida, by the way. Humidity helps that. But as I pulled all those weeds and just pulled them, pulled them, pulled them, pulled them, pulled them, pulled them, I'm like, oh, there's going to be cute flowers here. I got to get every one of these weeds because I'm the kind of person when I pull weeds, like, I really pull weeds. Like one weed, I'm like, hey, I, hey, you know. And what the Lord re- reminded me of is like, 
it, it takes no effort for weeds to grow. It takes no effort for your flesh to do what it wants to do. You got to be proactive. You have to pull the weeds and clear the space for the things that are meant to be there. You have to willfully and purposefully pull out. Well, the Bible says put off and put on. And as I was pulling weeds like, Lord, it's like, this is what you're doing. You, you put off and then you put on. You got to clear out the weeds. And then you can bring in like your little hibiscus and your little plumerias and your little cute little tropical plants. It takes nothing for weeds to grow. Leave your yard alone for a couple months and see what it looks like. It takes diligent effort to make it look beautiful. And that's how it works with us. We must today obey. And then there's this closing exhortation where it says, uh, beyond today, because really it's today what we control, but there's this promise here. It says that it may go well with you and your children after you. So we want to influence our children and we want to have a good life and a fruitful life to the blessing of our children and to our children's children, which is where I'm at right now in life. But really it says after you. And so we need to be reminded that when we make, when we choose to obey today, we, we trust in God's faithfulness yesterday and we, in the past, and we choose to obey today, we're really in an uncertain future. We are setting up certainty for those who will live in that future. Let me say that again. In an uncertain future, as we obey today, because like, oh, what's the world going to be like for Zippy when she's 40 or Clementine when she's 20? Well, I don't know. But as I obey the Lord today and as we obey the Lord today, what's the church going to look like in 20 years, in 2041? What's going to look like in 40 years in 2061? I don't know, but as we obey as we obey as pastors and deacons in this church, as we endeavor to maintain the unity of the Spirit and be true to the Lord, we are providing a covering and we are creating a blessing for the church and for future generations that will be here when we're not here. That's what we're doing. See, I talked about this Tuesday and I close with this thought. When we obey the Lord from our place of leadership, we put covering and hedge and protection upon those that are behind us. So as the leadership of this church is solid, it brings solid covering to all of you in this congregation. It's a safe sheepfold. As you are solid in your influences of those underneath you, you bring blessing at work that way, like Abraham and all of his servants. And as you are like that as parents, it's the same thing. I know that my good decisions pass blessings onto my children and my children's children. And I also know my bad decisions affect my children and my children's children. And as sobering as that was at 40, it's much more sobering at 60. So I say for myself as much as anyone else, if I can just trust in God's faithfulness and obey today that which I have no control over, the tomorrows of endless futures, my trusting in his faithfulness and my choosing to obey brings the blessings on those generations that will be long after I'm gone. And then our lives will just be a memory, a part of church history, Maybe people will remember us like an Amy Carmichael or a Hudson Taylor. Maybe they won't. Maybe we'll just be one of those faithful people that didn't deny the Lord when the Boxer Rebellion happened and they were executed for their faith. And we don't know their names. But they stood, and God knows their names. Today is what we have. Obedience today is what we choose. He's always done good. He's going to always do good. 
And as we walk in obedience, we bring those blessings to the entire future in a good way to humanity. It isn't that what you want the legacy of your life to be? Isn't that what we want the legacy of our life to be? The world's not only better, when we've left it better than how we found it, and we let God work in our life, but we've actually passed on things to others that will extend for generations to come. That's the fruit that we want. So it's all there. This chapter is all about obeying and doing the right thing. But the motivation is God's faithfulness in the past for our obedience in the present. And then those blessings, who knows? Who knows when Chuck, Pastor Chuck was dying of cancer, lung cancer, and all the pain that he went through gasping for air? Who know, like, how could you even explain to Chuck how much fruit's still going on in, from his life to this day on planet Earth? He's gone, but the, the, the message is going out. The church is still going forward. That's the legacy of who we are. So be encouraged and ask the Lord anytime. Ask now. And you'll know he's faithful. And we all know to obey is better than to sacrifice. And the blessings are in the obedience. So God help us to make the right choices and just keep the garden clear so good things can grow. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brandt. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed.